Hello, and welcome to Myopia Management Close-Up. I am John Saylor, Editor-in-Chief of Review of Myopia Management, and we are here today with Dr. Noel Brennan, Research Fellow at Johnson & Johnson Vision, and Dr. Robert Lehman, President-Elect of the American Optometric Association, to discuss the new guide, Managing Myopia, a Clinical Response to the Growing Epidemic. Thank you both for being here. My pleasure. Glad to participate. Excellent. So let's start with Dr. Brennan. Uh, Producing this new guide has been a year-long effort in collaboration with the American Optometric Association, the American Academy of Optometry, the Association of Schools and Colleges of Optometry, and the Singapore Optometric Association. Can you tell us what the impetus was for creating this guide and what the goals are after it's released this week? Well, first of all, at Johnson Johnson Vision, we uh, recognize that myopia is the the biggest eye health threat of the 21st century. Uh, The complications associated with this this disease will see it becoming a leading, if not the leading cause of blindness and vision impairment around the world in coming decades. Delaying onset and slowing progression are a big part of addressing this problem. So there have been numerous publications on myopia management in a variety of formats already. And while, of course, these are very valuable, um, often they will represent individual opinions of the authors and and are often clinically based rather than evidence-based per se. So we felt that a a consensus evidence-based document with representation from key professional associations uh, and global associations was a major unnet met need in the field. Um, we, you know, our ambition is to see this distributed far and wide and made available to all practitioners who seek to perform myopia control. Um, we also plan to continually update the document as new research produces evidence that furthers our understanding of this important disease. Okay, great. And Dr. Lehman. You're president-elect of the American Optometric Association. Uh, can you tell us what the involvement of the AOA was in this new myopia guide? Sure. Dr. Lori Grover from our board of trustees and Dr. Jerry Nidig, our chair of industry relations, served as contributors to the development of this important guide. And since our members look to us to keep them abreast of relevant clinical developments, it was important to collaborate with the other organizations, especially the global reach of them, to get behind this initiative. All right. So, uh, Dr. Brennan, there were other organizations involved as well. Can you tell us what their involvement was? Sure. The the initial draft was actually produced internally at Johnson & Johnson Vision. Uh, we reached out to various associations, the ones you mentioned earlier, so the uh, American Optometric Association, the um, Singapore Optometric Association, the American Academy of Optometry, and the American uh, the Association of Schools and Colleges of Optometry, and they nominated representatives to uh, review the document and engage with us on, on producing a consensus document. So they were all participants in arriving at the final um, document as it stands. Now, the process was actually very long and very robust, and that 
demonstrates to us the varieties of opinions and interpretations of what's going on in the field. Um, but in the end, we were able to produce um, this uh, work, which uh, everybody uh, was happy to put their names to, and, and we're very excited to see that these organizations were actually um, prepared to, to have their logos on the document. Great. Okay. Now back to you, Dr. Lehman. Why would you say it's important for optometrists to be aware of the contents of this new guide, and what do you hope that they take away from it? I believe one of the key takeaways that I hope for them is that they realize there is no safe level of myopia and we can make a difference with early intervention. This isn't exactly what I was taught years ago, that myopia was a benign refractive state. It can no longer be viewed that way. If 25% of patients with an axial length greater than 26 millimeters will develop vision impairment by age 75, it is now a public health issue that our profession provides solutions and must step up to the plate to deliver. The guide clarifies that we have four strategies that have been proven to influence the outcomes, and it gives clinicians a reason to develop a sense of urgency managing pediatric patients through their growth journey in order to achieve better lifetime outcomes. Great. Okay. Good information to share with your colleagues. And now, Dr. Brennan, if you had to condense the, the key points of this new guide into the most important bullet points, what would they be? Well, I think Dr. Lehman has um, hit on a few of those uh, just there. But um, to, to go a little further, I guess um, myopia should be considered as a chronic and progressive disease. That's a bit of a new take on it over the past few years where previously it was just considered an optical disorder as such. Um, the consequence on the visual health of the world um, are, are very serious. And uh, it, it, as Dr. Lehman just said, it, it's a public health um, concern. And parts of the world are going to suffer very seriously um, in coming decades from this problem. But we also have to emphasize the West um, is not immune. So... Um, Europe and the United States showing um, high levels of myopia in uh, throughout the adult years, really. Um, I think another key point here is that practitioners can and should take steps to treat this disease rather than just its symptoms. And so there are um, guides as to how to um, examine patients and options for treatment of the patients. Um, one of the pieces that we had great feedback on is um, our age-related guide to my, myopia progression with respect to both axial length and refractive error. So practitioners can check what a normal myope, if you would consider um, a myopic eye to be normal, but, but let's say the average myope um, will do in terms of progression and compare the patient that's in their chair to that chart. So I think they're probably the highlights of, of the guide. Okay, good. Some important points there to, to share. So you touched on it a little bit earlier, Dr. Lehman, about the education that you had. Uh, but uh, if you could elaborate on throughout your years of optometric practice, what have you seen as far as myopia management, how it's evolved, and where do you see it headed? I think the biggest evolution is the increasing availability 
of evidence-based strategies to address the consequences of these levels of screen time brought about by the advent of smartphones and social media and working remotely, all of which are uh, just probably astronomically increasing the near work that the typical person goes through this year compared to 30 years ago. With the prevalence of myopia nearly doubling the last 20 years and reaching 50% in young adults in the U.S., maybe 80% in many regions of Asia, it's incumbent upon practitioners to address this. And it's a great clinical need that we now have tools that are more readily available to address it. We must do better than just having 5% of eye care practitioners offering this necessary and important service. So as I see it going forward, there will be much more emphasis in our education, in our journals, in our doctor availability of tools and materials that are addressing this in a much more efficacious way. Okay, good. Let's hope all this information helps... uh expand awareness out there. So now, Dr. Brennan, um, of course, with Johnson & Johnson Vision's involvement with this guide, uh, it would be an indication that the company is planning to introduce treatments for myopia management. At this point, uh, what are you at liberty to tell us about what eye care professionals can expect from Johnson & Johnson Vision in the realm of myopia management and in what time frame? Uh, well, uh, obviously, I can't give a direct answer to that, not only because uh, of strategic um, positioning from Johnson & Johnson Vision, but also uh, we can't preempt product uh, from a regulatory sense because uh, it's considered off-label promotion. What I can say is we are committed to the field. We've been working in myopia research for well over a decade now. And part of that has been to really understand the background and the basis of the disease. And so we've been working with um, uh, institutions around the world. And in addition, we have our own internal expertise. And so in the future, we will um, put out on the market, um, a, we'd like to think a comprehensive portfolio uh, to address um, the problems. So um, not just a, a single product, but looking at products in a variety of different formats. Uh, we have had um, clinical trials completed, uh, more underway, more in the planning. So it's a, it's a very uh, comprehensive and robust um, R&D program. Um, over the next year or so, we'll be bringing more news on these developments. Um, and in addition, we will continue to provide uh, output from our basic research to help us understand what's going on and uh, promote further development of that understanding and treatment of this, this very important condition. Okay, great. All right, good to, good to hear everything that Johnson & Johnson Vision is doing, and uh, we look forward to learning more in the future. Uh, now back to you, Dr. Lehman. Um, obviously, there's going to be an impact on optometrists out there. We're hoping that uh, this information and other information that we share in a review of myopia management increases awareness among eye care professionals about myopia management. So about this guide, what aspects of this new guide do you anticipate will have the most impact on optometrists offering myopia management to their patients? 
I see three ways that it plays a role. First, it clarifies the evidence-based treatments available, when to begin them, how to monitor them, what choices you have for appropriate conditions for the given patient situation. Second, it gives tools to educate parents about the real risks of inaction, helping them realize that it is beyond a refractive condition and it could be a health threat. And thirdly, I hope it motivates doctors to get involved in the full scope of management services and helping to increase the public awareness in their communities of not only how important the service is, but the fact that they can deliver it and uh, move the uh, impetus forward in this arena. Okay, very good. Now the final question for you, Dr. Brennan. Um, what are you looking forward to as the influence this guy will have on eye care going forward? Well, uh, our own internal research tells us that only about 5% of eye care practitioners worldwide actually are engaged in myopia control. Um, so, you know, in short, our aim is to overturn this. Um, we hope that myopia control will become the default mode of practice, the, the standard of care, if you like, for all children and teenagers. Um, and, you know, we hope that that this guide will um, uh, contribute towards that aim. Okay, excellent. Thank you both so much for all this valuable insight into the new guide, uh, which is Managing Myopia, a Clinical Response to the glowing, Growing Epidemic. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on Myopia Management Close-Up.